You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. Please like, share, and subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube, and please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts across the Big Blue View Radio network. All right, the Giants have reached what basically passes as the quarter pole of a 17-game season. Giants are 1-3, and and... What I thought we would do today is more or less assess the state of the Giants, which bluntly is not good. And here to help me do that today is Patricia Trena of Giants Country and Locked On Giants. Patty, how are you? How are things? How's everything in, in your neck of the woods these days? I'm short on sleep. I'm in disbelief. And uh, man, I, I still can't believe it. <laughs> I just can't. And, uh, and that's the place to start. All right. The Giants are one in three. We know Monday night was really a must win game against the team that that was not nearly, they're not nearly as much better than the Giants than they actually looked on Monday night. We we knew that the Giants had to win that game. It's been, and it's it's not even the one in three record, Patty. It's I think you'll agree with this, but it's how awful they've looked in compiling it. It's the fact that they're getting blown out week after week. They look discombobulated. They look disinterested. They look confused. They look undisciplined. And they, and they look incapable of getting anything done on offense. And and I just didn't I just didn't see anything remotely like this level of ineptitude coming. I don't know uh, I don't know what what are your thoughts on on the first four games? Yeah, I, I didn't see this coming either. I was very optimistic. I said, "Oh, they upgraded, you know, the receiving core, tight end, you know, you figured the offensive line was was upgraded or was going to be better than it was last year. The defense they, you know, upgraded the the defensive backfield, the the, the secondary, the run defense depth. You said on paper this team looked good. This team looked like potentially a 10-win team. And, you know, along the way, you can go back and you can retrace what the coaching staff did. You can retrace some of the um, the uh, injuries and whatnot. And this team has just lost its way. And you look at this team, you know, Joe Shane said coming out of training camp, it would take a few weeks before we knew what kind of team this was. We still don't know what kind of team it is because they don't know what they want to be. Their identity, no, we, know, we, we know what kind of identity. team it is, Patty. It's a bad team. <laughs> well, I, okay. I was going to say that. You, you you beat me to the punch. It's a bad team that doesn't have an identity. They, you know, I don't think they know what they want to be. And I, it's, it, it, it's like, it's weird. 
Yeah, I, I think you're right about that, Patty. And 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 where I really want to start today is with the idea of of how the Giants approached the offseason, what they thought they were versus maybe what they really are. And I think that one of the things that any person, any company, any organization has to do is they have to honestly and without emotion self-evaluate what they are and what they are not. In retrospect, we all looked at the roster and we loved the 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 addition of Darren Waller. We love the addition of Bobby Okereke. Thought the moves for the moves up in the draft, which cost them draft capital for Deontay Banks and Jalen Hyatt were good moves. We like most of the things that they did in the offseason. I think you and I both agreed with with bringing back Daniel Jones. And yet, when you think about it, they were 9-7-1 and one a year ago, won a playoff game, got blown out at the end by the Eagles. Did they get fooled in your mind? Did they get fooled into thinking that they were a playoff team that last year was the floor that 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 their their core was established and that they didn't have a a real rebuilding process to still go through because you can argue that what they acted like was a playoff team that thought they were a playoff team that thought they were moving into being a a true contender you know a team that was that was ready to step up toward the elite you know, in the NFC. And I think we're seeing that they're absolutely not that at this point. Do you think that perhaps in their own minds, they thought maybe they were something that they're not? It's possible. I think, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of um, when I was, I'll, I'll tell you a real quick story because this is what it reminds me of. I went to a restaurant once with my husband and we found a $50 bill on the floor uh, uh, underneath our table. So now when we go back to the restaurant, we're constantly looking for that $50 bill on the floor. <laughs> and of course, it's not going to be there. It was a one-time thing. And I just think with the Giants, I, I hate to use the word luck, but you know they kind of caught a lot of people off guard, I think, last year because new coaching staff, new players, nobody really had film on them. Nobody really knew what they were going to be. And they were kind of feeling themselves out, if you will, as they went along. And they were able to take some, you know, take a few teams by surprise. So now you get to year two, they really didn't have a rebuild year like they should have had last year because they just had all this success. And now here we are year two, you would think, okay, they build on what they did last year. Well, no, here's the rebuild year. This is what last year should have been like, you know, and, and it just, it got mixed up because they, they happened to find the $50 bill on the floor the one time and they were hoping now to find it again this year. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. It's just, and we've seen it before. Actually, this kind of thing happened in Buffalo a few years ago and Joe Shane and Brian Dable were part of that where the first year of their rebuild, they were surprisingly successful, made the playoffs. Second year, they took a step back, had a losing record and then, since that time, they've been much better. The, the hard part to stomach here is it, I think expectations were raised, signing Daniel Jones the way that they did, which I still say they really had no choice 
considering the the market and considering where they were in the draft. But I, I think expectations were raised so much by what they did and and how they approached the offseason that I think all of that makes this that much more stunning to deal with at this point. Yeah. I mean, expectations were sky high. You know, I, I fell for it. You fell for it. A lot of people fell for it. We, th- we thought, okay, they upgraded considering that, you know, that they had the nine, seven and one record last year and they basically didn't have a full, fully stocked cupboard, if you will. And they've stocked it up this year. So you think, okay, great. So last year's meatloaf is going to be better, you know, or this year's meatloaf is going to be better than last year's. And that has not been the case. And no, I did not have meatloaf for, for dinner. If that's what you're wondering, just, <laughs> that, that just popped into my head for some reason. But anyway, oh. um, but yeah, the expectations were sky high and, you know, it, the crash landing hurts. It really hurts because you see the talent, but then you look at the whole picture, the injuries, the deployment of the personnel, how the coaching staff approached things, the execution on the field. And it's like, what are they doing? Yeah. yeah. What I want to, one of the things I want to ask you about is week one. All right. We know coming off a playoff season, feeling like they've upgraded the roster. They get absolutely not even punched in the mouth. They got mauled. And do you think there's anything to the theory that that basically Dallas not only beat them, but sort of shocked them and sort of knocked the swagger out of the Giants and, and maybe they just haven't they haven't recovered from that yet? They just they're so shocked that that they just haven't bounced back to to what they're capable of being? I think it's possible. I mean, you know, when you go out there on a national stage and you get your lunch money taken from you in front of all those people, it's embarrassing. And sometimes, you know, when we get embarrassed, it can take a while before we get the swagger back, you know? So it is entirely possible that that's what happened. Now, that being said, this team needs to show toughness and resiliency. This is, you know, what what's the slogan that we see around the facility all the time? Smart, tough, and dependable. And, you know, in sports, yeah, you're going to have your bad days at the office. Everybody, and in life, you're going to have your bad days in the office. And, you know, how you respond speaks more about your character and your, your toughness and your mettle. And right now, you know, if, if that is indeed true, if the Giants, you know, they were so embarrassed that they, that it's like, oh my God, we can't show our face anymore. And that doesn't speak very highly of their metal. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, Brian Dable says all the time, it's a new year, every year's different, all those kinds of things. He said that a couple times today when we listened to him on our, on, on his, his zoom call on uh, Tuesday morning. But it's just those things, resiliency, toughness, forcing other teams to make mistakes, basically playing clean games. Those are the kinds of things that were hallmarks of the 2022 Giants. And, And is it as stunning to you as it is to me to see the way that 
that all of that has fallen apart with, there are some new faces, but it's largely the same core. It's largely the same key players. And it's just stunning to, to see how it's fallen apart. And also the other thing to me that's stunning is this by reputation is a fantastic coaching staff, but I'm not sure what they're doing at this point. <laughs> so I just, you, you know, your, your thoughts on, on just how stunning it is to see the difference from one year to the next. Yeah. I don't think anybody knows exactly what this coaching staff is doing. I mean, I see things and I'm, I'm like, okay, why, why does this make sense? You know, the deployment of Paris Campbell, which I know you've talked about, Last night, you know, having Darren Waller stay in to block as opposed to maybe putting Matt Parrott out there when you know that that's, you know, you need Waller in your passing game, you know, and, and we can go on and on with, 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 you know, questionable decisions made by this coaching staff. We can go back to the summer and the preseason. You know, we, you and I have talked about only playing the starters for one quarter or not even a quarter, I'm sorry, one series. And, and determining, okay, we're good to go. We're ready to go. I mean, I didn't like that move. I know you didn't like it either. So, And, and the deployment of the offensive line throughout and, the, and the offensive, well. Exactly, the offensive line. I mean, you've got Joshua Zudu playing tackle when he didn't practice it all summer long. He basically didn't start practicing it until, what, 10 days before the start of the season after training camp was over? That makes sense. So, I mean – I I guess if you look at all these questionable decisions that the coaching staff has made, maybe the 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 fall off shouldn't be that surprising. Maybe it shouldn't be. I don't know. But yeah, is it disappointing? This was supposed to be, you know, year 2, a continuation of uh, of what they started last year and you know, when Dable says, "Oh, every year is a new year." Yeah, it is. But when your foundation transfers over from year to year and your system is the same, yes, you're plugging in new pieces, but this isn't like starting over again. And if that, and oh, by the way, if that's your philosophy, then why didn't you play your starters more in the preseason if that's your philosophy? So I question how much they really believe that each year's a new year. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, it's interesting, Patty, because I think you could have seen some regression coming, at least regression in terms of record, simply based on the schedule that they were that that they were handed. 
four road games in the first five weeks, games in the first five weeks against Dallas, San Francisco, or in the first six weeks, Dallas, San Francisco, Miami, and Buffalo. They have another three-game road trip, I think weeks 11 through 13 or something like that. But you could have seen some regression record-wise coming. But I don't think that 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 anyone counted on regression in terms of the way they played, in terms of the caliber of their play. As you said, because it's year two, it's the same core that you felt like you supplemented. So that's it's disturbing. It's very disturbing. You know, progress is never linear in, in sports, and especially in the NFL. But this team, they're I don't know, what do they call that? A Gantt chart or the line chart is going the down. It's not even going up, 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 you know, like like this. It's going, it's dropping faster than the stock market. And mm-hmm. that's, to me, disturbing because, you know, look, the roster is what it is. People say, oh, they should go out and sign this guy. They should sign this guy. It's not going to happen. You know, also, hey, take a look at the salary cap situation they have. They got to use that money to get through the rest of the year. All right. So the Calvary's not coming, guys. I wish it were, but it's not. So it's basically up to the people in that building to get a solution in place and implement it. I don't know if they can do that. I mean, I my, my confidence has taken a, a dent. I certainly hope so because, Ed, last night was not fun. All right. It was very hard to sit through. You and I can both agree. I mean, we sat next to each other in the press box. We we were talking about it all night. And if it was hard for us, I can just imagine what it's like for the paying customers who had to sit there and watch that and have their hearts smashed. Those are the people well, I feel for. At least the paying customers had the option, which many of them took, Patty. <laughs> about leave. yeah, after after that that pick six. A great majority of them packed up and went home. Yeah, you and at I least, did. At least they had that option. Yeah. You and I, you and I did not. But yeah. But you know that's that's neither here nor there. One thing I want to talk about, Patty. We have to talk about Daniel Jones a little bit. And look, I think you and I both supported the idea of bringing Daniel Jones back. I don't think the Giants had much of a choice. They weren't high enough up in the draft to to get one of the premier quarterbacks. It wasn't looked at as a great quarterback class anyway. They weren't going to basically mortgage a draft to go up and do that. There really wasn't a veteran free agent that looked like a clear upgrade from Daniel Jones. And honestly, what the Giants paid Daniel Jones for wasn't necessarily what he did last year. It was what it was what they thought last year showed them he could do going forward. And, and I don't still don't have a problem with that, with, with that signing. I don't have a problem with the contract. It's a two year deal they can get out of after next year. So I think, I think they did okay there, but I think you'll agree with me when we watched Daniel Jones last night, Daniel Jones looked like, rookie year and second year Daniel Jones. He looked like like the quarterback who had forgotten how to protect the ball when he tried to get out of the pocket. He looked jittery. He looked like like the guy who 
you know, who was turnover prone and and really wasn't confident in anything he was doing. And and honestly, I don't think any quarterback was going to make the Giants offense look tremendous, but he didn't look functional. And I think to me, it's an accumulation of what has gone on here week after week after week. Everybody's a human being. And sooner or later, when you get hit, almost every time you chase, you you go back to drop, to, to throw a pass, when you have to get out of the pocket, you know, almost every time when you're running for your life, I think sooner or later that gets into your head and it, and it has to impact your performance. And I think, I think, I think we're seeing regression and I think there's a reason for it. Yeah. I mean, look, there were times last night when Daniel had a clean pocket and just automatically he rolled out of it, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and he missed, you know, there was one play in particular. I think I saw a, a clip on that on the all 22 Wandale Robinson was wide open and was basically waving his hands. Hey, I'm open. I'm open. Daniel never saw him. There was also, you know, you watch Daniel Jones and you question, okay, is he just looking to get the ball out quick? So therefore he's only looking to where the sticks are, or is he really scanning the entire field right now? His internal clock is so off and it's not his fault. You know, look, if you were you were getting bounced around like a pinball, your internal clock would be off as well. But, you know, you got to you, you talk about smart, tough, dependable. And I, I don't want to question Daniel Jones's toughness. I understand, you know, he was dealing with 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 some adversity with the offensive line and, and whatnot. I get that. But, you know, you, you think back to. And, and you were around this, Sarah, so you're going to know what I'm talking about. When Phil Sims was the quarterback of this team, do you remember what happened when Phil Sims got knocked around? What did he do? He bounced up and he would beat his chest and he'd say, is that the best you got? Come at me again. And he was just tough like that. And, you know, he didn't necessarily retreat into a shell. Eli Manning was like that, right? I don't want to say that Daniel Jones isn't tough. He is tough. We've seen him, you know, run and and take hits and everything like that. But there's physical tough and then there's that other toughness. And you can kind of see it in his, his game where maybe subconsciously he's just trying to protect himself, trying to live to see the next play. Or in some cases, he's just trying to make the play on his own, which he can't do. And I think, Patty, I think that issue kind of goes beyond Daniel Jones. It it sort of permeates the roster because it feels like, you know, what you're looking for, you're not looking for guys to to bump to jump up and 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 cause fights and do stupid stuff after the whistle and and get in those scrums. You're looking for guys to show toughness in their play. You're looking for some resilience. You're looking for, oh, crud. You know, we've played badly for two and a half quarters, but we're still in this game. Let's finish this drive, you know, and get and get within four points. Or we got behind 16 to nothing. Let's, you know, let's let's make a game of it instead of let it turn into 26 to nothing and then 40 to nothing. And that's what we're not seeing. And and that's that goes beyond Daniel Jones. That seems to go through the whole roster. 
Who's the guy who picks this team up by the bootstraps and starts to demand better from his teammates? Exactly. And and that's that's Justin Tuck was that for the Giants for a while. Michael Antrell Strahan Roll. used to be that. Antrell Roll used to be that. Um, Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce was that. And right now, I don't see a player who wants to be that. I think Dexter Lawrence talked about it last night, but I haven't seen Dexter Lawrence actually do it. Be that person yet. He talked about it. I think he knows he needs he he needs to be that guy, I think. I honestly think he and Andrew Thomas need to be that need to be those people, but I don't know that it's in their personalities. Yeah, and that and you're right. They're they're missing a legitimate dog. I mean, could Kayvon Thibodeau be that guy? If he Perhaps. was playing better and if, if he, he was playing and if he better. Could, and if he yeah. could get out of his own mind sometimes he might be, but I don't yeah. think he's I don't think he's I don't think he's got the 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 gravitas in that locker room yet to right. be that guy. Right. So okay. Leonard Williams, he's he hasn't been playing, you know, well. Um, who else who else could you look to? You know, it, it, it's funny. Somebody asked me if the Giants just have too many nice guys on the roster. And I thought about that, you know, and I, I said, okay, every guy I've ever dealt with in that, that locker room has been nice. They've been professional, polite and so forth. And I go back to 2007, you know, AP Antonio Pierce, sometimes he would be a wiseacre, same with Antrell Roll in 2011. You know, you would have guys, Michael Strahan was notorious for, for, you know, mixing it up verbally with the media. And, and you saw in their personalities, you know, it's like, okay, if you're seeing this and you're dealings with them, that's how they were in the locker room too, based on what teammates would say. And you just, you look at this team, this current Giants team, and I don't know that they have that guy. I mean, Thibodeau would be the closest, but like you said, he hasn't earned those stripes yet. You know, Saquon is dealing with an injury. So he's, he's, you know, taking care of his shop. Thomas is dealing with an injury. Dexter could be that guy, but Dexter sometimes just comes across as a, you know, as, as a happy-go-lucky type. And I don't know, does he have that in him? It's interesting, Patty. When I was in the locker room last night, we were talking to Dex, and, and he talked about, I'm not afraid to hurt people's feelings if that's what it takes to win. He talked about, you know, holding guys accountable, but I'm just not sure that it's there in his, I'm not sure it's in his personality to, to really step out and do that. But what I wanted to ask about, you know, Dex was talking about hurting people's feelings. Xavier McKinney and Adoree Jackson talked about, you know, having been through it with teams where things had gone south and, you know, we've, we've seen it go south with, with the giants too many times. And I don't know about you, Patty, but I've been around the players enough and I know you've been around them quite a bit as well. I just have this feeling that there's some discord or some unhappiness at some level, and I can't quite tell if it's 
player to coach in terms of as we've talked about some of the ways that that certain players are being used or you know schemes that are being run or or whatever it might be or if it's player to player or if it's both i can't quite put my finger on it but it feels like like within that within that that dynamic there's something that's not right and it it leads me to wonder if there's real potential for this to to really go south and blow up, which I would not have expected the way that Brian Dable handled this team a year ago and the way that he he relationship builds so much better than Ben McAdoo did or Pat Shermer did or Joe Judge did. I wouldn't have ever expected to even be thinking about this topic. Yeah, but it's a very real topic, and you're right. I get that impression too. I'm not so sure it's player to player. I almost get the impression it's player to coach. You know, based mm-hmm. on some of the comments last night that came out of the locker room, you could tell there was frustration. Darren Waller was clearly frustrated by how he was deployed. And, you know, look, one of the things last year, I don't know if you, you probably remember this, but for those who don't, one of the things a lot of these players said, and even in the in the offseason, they said this that they liked about this coaching staff was that it was a democracy in the locker room, meaning that the players, you know, the the coaches would go to the players and ask them for their input on stuff. What do you like to run? What don't you like? You know, what's your thoughts here? And I don't know if that still exists because, you know, here we are, the team is one in three. they're, They're having trouble getting out of their own way. Have the coaches reined everything in and said, okay, you know what? We're going to figure this out because we got too many cooks in the kitchen. I I don't know, but you you do sense among some guys that there's some frustration with how they're deployed. It's and, interesting. No, you know, sorry. I, 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 don't, I don't know. If, Patty, I'm know, sorry. I don't know if that's going to result in the locker room splintering. I don't think it will, but certainly something to keep an eye on. And as I said, it's interesting because none of that existed a year ago. Right. And I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, to say who it was last night, but there was a player last night in the locker room asked about a coach or asked about a scheme or asked, you know, what, what role the particular coach was playing in, in the struggles that were going on. And the answer was dead silence for about 10 seconds which tells you there's something there. There's some level of unhappiness there. As you said, um, Darren Waller was unhappy with not only the fact that he was open on that on, on the pick six, but with the fact that that he's probably stuck so much in line. And last night, what were you going to do? Because, you know, Daniel Bellinger got hurt, you know, and and but that was always I said it going way back to the summer when I was doing 53-man roster projections. That was always the danger of carrying one inline blocking tight end on this roster. So you put the jumbo guy in there. I mean, you, know, you could have played Matt Parrott as your jumbo tight end. Do, yeah, I mean, granted, uh, it would have given it away, but... Sure, know. except for the fact that I think from the fact that the Giants have used Josh Azudu as their left tackle for three games in a row tells you that the Giants don't want to play Matt Parrott 
It's like they don't want to play Mark Glowinski despite the fact that he's better than Shane Lemieux. They don't want to play Glowinski. They've moved on, and 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 I don't get it because he's better than than Shane Lemieux, even right. if it is at left guard. I was surprised. I and, was surprised and, when I saw that. But I do think there there have been a few instances where I think players have just from their tone or just from how they've answered the question or how long it's taken them to answer the question. I mean, I can remember even, even going back to the summer and talking to some of the guys about the, the, the offensive line rotation. And and I'd have guys who were involved in it say to me, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I really don't know what's going on. I don't know. I don't know why we're doing this. You know, I don't know what's going on, but so, so I do think there's some confusion and some some tension, I guess, some discord. Not on and, the same page, and that's dangerous. Mm-hmm, absolutely, it is. Patty, I think that uh, where we should end up, though, is do you have do you have any optimism that this gets better? You know, I'm, I'm a naturally optimistic person. You know, I, I, I give people and teams long leashes, probably longer than I should. So I'd like to think that Dable, and I still, you know, think Dable and, and the coaching staff, you know, for the most part is, is a solid group. They suddenly didn't forget how to coach, I don't think. So I'd like to think that they will get it straightened out. I need a sign though. I, mm-hmm. I Right now I have not had a sign that there's potential you know, you could say, oh, the, what about the two quarters in, in, against the Cardinals? That was a sign. Yeah, well, they went right back to, to what they were doing the week before, and it hasn't gotten any better. So right now, Ed, I need a sign before I can say, yes, this is going to turn around. And, and we've, we're four weeks into the season now, two decent quarters of football. That's not enough for me. So I'd like to think that it'll get better, but I'm not going to sit here and say I'm confident that that'll happen. I hear you, Patty. Two decent quarters of offense and one decent quarter of defense out of 16 quarters of football is just not going to cut it. Anyway, anyway, Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please stay safe out there. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.